Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Hi, Athena, back again. Hi, Sherry. <laughs> so this is for both Bluebells Forever with me, Sherry Lewis, and with Showgirls Life with Athena Pataxel. <laughs> and we did a Showgirls Road Trip June. I don't know what month this is now. We did it in June. June 7th is when we, you, my wait. daily, we, we met on the 8th. I left on the 7th. Yep. <laughs> and we came from, from Colorado and Washington, coming from two different states and met in Reno. But um, we want to do a recap because I also wanted to see your face because it's like, it was so much fun. And then like, okay, well, we can't just let that be the end of this. So, um, oh, hell it's, no. just, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know what she's like. We're going to be in a car for eight hours. Uh, hopefully we get along. And like I, you said something that cracked me up. Like, I hope I'm not going on a road trip with my mother. And then because you said, I'm, I'm, I want to insult you right now. And I was like, oh, wait, I didn't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> I love my mom. And yeah. I, I have done road trips with her and we had a lot of fun, but we're just not talking right now. <laughs> right. And I'm the age of your mother. So yeah, there was yes. like, but it ended up being a really wonderful trip in so many ways. So I had been th- wanting to do this since last summer because just wanting to get out of, you know, with COVID not being able to go anywhere. And they're like, we could do a road trip because I'm not going to get on an airplane. And then that was before, you know, vaccinations and when like, are we safe to be in person? And then like, I think it's time. And like, who would be really fun to do this with? Like, Athena, do you want to do a road trip and go see people like we've either both interviewed or like o- overlap some of the things we've wanted to do? And, and you, did you have to think about it like a day or two? Or no, were you like, sure when you asked me, I was like, fuck yeah, that sounds like fun. But then I was like, oh, budget money, but Let's yeah, sit on this for a few days. Yeah. So I think you asked me on like Friday and then I think I told you on Monday, okay, we're yep. doing this. I'm booking this or let's, let's start this. So Yeah. I think well, I made we, the spreadsheet that weekend and was yeah. like, okay, here we go. <laughs> Which we were joking before because I'm not a spreadsheet person. And so when I saw the spreadsheet, I'm like, oh no, oh no. Cause I'm, but it was really, I think it was a really good balance of both because I think, you know, I, I do road trips like, okay, about this much gas, probably need to stop here and get a place. But then the rest is just like kind of winging it. So it was yeah. good to have a plan because you can't show up in town and then not tell anybody we're coming. And um, so we had, we had to line it up with who, who was available in each city. So we, do you want to just go from the start of this on June 7th? Yeah. You didn't leave to the 8th. Yeah. How about I was you gonna, start with what your trip started out? <laughs> Cause I was going to, I was going to drive 12 hours from Seattle to Reno. And a friend of mine was over who's my age. She goes, you, you can't do 12 hours in a car. I'm like, I can't. And I go, I used to, she goes, you're old. You can't sit for 12 hours in a car. And I was like, thanks was, friend. I know. It's like, and I'm like, I'm not that old, but I realized like, no, that's a long time to sit. And so I didn't want to, to um, take any more days off work. So I taught my class 645. I left at seven o'clock and I'm usually really hyper after teaching, you know, like after a show, you don't just want to go to bed. That's yep. like the best time to drive. There's less traffic. And I had a lot of energy and then I made it to Albany, Oregon. And I stayed at the love shack. And that was <laughs> <laughs> the name was too cute and it was just a shed that she converted to an Airbnb and she also had all kinds of 
things for like wedding. There's a wedding venue that she does and she had a pond. She has a dog rescue and a cat rescue and she was delightful. And I was so exhausted. And so she was showing me around and my eyes were going cross. I'm like, I have to sleep. I got an eight hour drive, but it was, it was very cozy. Nice breakfast in the morning. Like some of the Airbnbs, you get food. Some you don't, as we find mm-hmm. out, like they're all a little bit different. Yep. Yeah. So I got on my way with, with a giant muffin and banana for eight hours straight to Reno. And then you flew in, you got there before me. Yeah. So I had intended to get there before you because I wanted to meet up with Jackie Ford and Marty Lewis. And so I, I gave them, I think we talked about this in April. So I gave them the heads up. I said, Hey, and I did this with everyone that I wanted to see or wanted to make the time and space for in the schedule. I was like, Hey, I'm going to be in Vegas, uh, in June, these dates or Reno or whatever. And they said, Oh yeah, yeah. When it gets closer, let me know. And we'll set uh, time. So you know, a week before I was like, Hey, what time should we meet? And they're like, Oh, <laughs> so I flew in thinking I was going to have a few hours uh, that it was going to be long to get from the airport to the hotel, which was hilarious. Cause it was five minutes. Uh, I just, I just thought there was going to be way more time um, that I needed way more time before you got there at, we thought maybe six or seven. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll set up some meetings and I got there my flight was delayed like an hour. And let me just say like going into Denver international airport, which at, when I was a Lyft driver, I was told is the, like, no, like the busiest airport, um, in the country. I don't know why, uh, 200,000 people a day go through there, wow. but it had been two years since almost two years. Cause the last time I flew was Paris the reunion. So I went in there with my mask and I was like, I, I didn't have my hand sanitizer on me. Cause I thought it was going to be like every six feet. <laughs> yeah. DIA did not have any fucking hand sanitizer. I felt so dirty by the time I got to the gate, I was like, I need a shower right now. Like I just did not feel safe flying out of DIA. Just FYI, if you're <laughs> flying out of DIA, <laughs> they need to work on their housekeeping. Um, but my flight was delayed and then I hate flying. So flying over the Rockies into Reno, which apparently is always bumpy. I was mm. like, okay, I have to get there. I have to meet Sherry in person. I have to meet P- Pete Menifee. I have to meet all these people. I'm not going to die in a plane crash today. <laughs> so that's just, it was just that resolve. Like I'm going. And so then when we're flying, we're landing into Reno and I see the GSR right there. I was like, oh my God, I'm here. This is happening. Like, this is fucking awesome. That's when I started to get excited. Once I was like five minutes from the uh, tarmac. And then I just, I just was like, okay, I'm just going to follow the signs. And I just had this feeling like, I know I'm here. I'm supposed to be here. And I got on the shuttle just before they left. Otherwise I would have had to wait a whole other hour to get <laughs> from, I would have probably called it a lift by that point. But once we got to the GSR, I was like, or I got there. I was like, what is this? Why is it cold? It's like 60 degrees here and it's windy and it's cold. And I'm wearing like shorts and I'm like, what the hell? So I, um, I, I don't know. There was a lot that I had, I didn't expect. I had expected that I was going to be able to either take a lift to a grocery store and get groceries for the room. Uh, cause again, budget, I was trying to travel as cheaply as possible. And, uh, they don't have grocery delivery service. They did have Lyft, but I wasn't going to spend $30 just to get <laughs> right. a 
I had, I had brought food, so that was okay. I, I had food to eat. I just wanted to get like water. I won't drink Nevada's water. So I wanted to get like bottled water and stuff. <laughs> so it was just interesting that whole first few hours. Cause I was like laying there in the hotel room. Oh, I messaged you right away. I was like, I got in. And I was like, oh my God, this is where hello, Hollywood. Hello was, oh my God, this is amazing. And so I was like hoping to feel this like feeling of uh, history. And I didn't feel it at all that mm. they had, they had polished it up. They had remodeled everything. So it just didn't feel like it might've felt whatever, 40, no, 30, whatever, 40 years ago ish, I guess. No, it opened before Jubilee. So 42 years ago, 42, yeah. Yeah. So I was surprised at, uh, just that. And then I was bummed that there's no shipped grocery delivery service, no Instacart. I was like, okay, well, Thanks a lot, Reno. <laughs> I guess they just want people to eat in the hotels and spend $20 on two tacos. I don't know. So I waited and then I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to meet Jackie Ford at, uh, at the pool. So I'll just go down there at four and then Mercury retrograde, man. I was telling you, <laughs> he's like, oh, I was waiting for you to tell me where we were going. I was like, I thought we decided that last week. <laughs> So it was just funny to me. Cause I was like, I, I was, I was ready for funny shit like that to happen the whole time. So, um, ended up not happening, but I'm glad because you were supposed to arrive between five and five 30. And so I was out there waiting. She was supposed to pick me up at five to go to see her show in Carson city. And I saw you walk up and I was like, Oh my God, is that Sherry? You were like maybe a hundred feet from me and you were pulling your suitcase up. And I was like, okay, this is the only lone woman I've seen out of all the like 20 some people that came by. There was always a big party of people. And I was like, see, the only lone woman. And I was like, oh my God, I think that looks like her. And I have horrible far eyesight. Like I can't see very far. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to start walking towards her. And if it's her, I'm going to say something. And I got like, you know, within whatever, 20 feet, I was like, oh my God, it's you. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I don't even remember what I said, but you were, I think you were surprised to see me. Like I, I thought you were going to be gone. And uh, for people listening, we've never, we met in person for 30 seconds in Paris at the reunion, huh? both said, well, we should do a podcast. And then like <laughs> never saw each other except for all, you know, interviewing each other, but to see some in the flesh and blood, it's like, Oh, Oh, you're tall. You're like more than six inches tall. Like you're, <laughs> you're a real life-size human. And I think the first thing I said to you is like, I have to pee so bad because I went eight hours without stopping. Cause that drive is just nothing for days. And then I was like, I got to go check in. And I first had to find a bathroom. It's so good to see you. And then Jackie pulled up right there, which that was and like my cue to go try to check in and use the restroom after an eight hour straight drive. Yeah. I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Because when I used to drive for Lyft, I would go three, four hours because you'd get dinged to go pick people up and, and then you'd end up in fucking two hours away. And you're like, I don't know where a bathroom is. So yeah, I, yeah. So what did you, you went and saw Jackie in a concert that could be our very first night. We saw each other for like 40 seconds. Then we both went yeah. different ways. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided I, I could have tagged along with you, but because I hadn't met Jackie yet and I, I wanted to hang out with her, she invited me to go to her show. And it was this little bistro in Carson city. And I looked it up because she's like, oh, it's an outdoor uh, concert. It'll be so, so fun. And I was, she's like, you could be my guest. And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> so I look up this place and the <laughs> shows the photos. I don't, you've probably been to Carson city. 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure it hasn't changed much in the last however many years <laughs> since you've been there. I was like, it's like one street with like maybe 10 blocks and then <laughs> this little bistro that it sounded fancy. It was like upscale, uh, live in the good life, I think is the name of it. So it's, it's fairly famous. The man who uh, opened it is a lot of celebrity ties uh, from the seventies and eighties. And now his daughter runs it, but she was doing this uh, concert with the mile high band or something like that. It's definitely mile high. Cause I was like, are they based out of Denver? And she's like, no. <laughs> Cause I was like, we're a mile high. Is, is Carson city a mile high? And they're have like, heard, no. Have you heard the other expression of mile high? Uh, mile, oh, if you, if you have sex on a plane, that's mile, the mile oh, high the club. Mile, the, yeah, mile the mile high, high club. club. Yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. That one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not, not sure. I'm not a member. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a rule follower. Never. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was really an interesting experience because number one, like I said earlier, it was fucking cold. I brought I was clothes. warm. That's so funny. I was like, this is nice, but it was super, super windy. I do remember now it was very windy at night. Yeah it was like chilly wind. Like it was it, like yeah. what we would experience in Denver in early spring. Like you're mm. still feeling the cold coming off the mountain and it's like 80 degrees, but you feel that cold hit you. And it feels like it's like 60 degrees, yeah. um, which is nice when you're ready for it. And you have like a jacket. I didn't even bring a jacket. I brought a little thin pashmina to- <laughs> And Jackie saw me. She's like, Oh no, 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 no. It's going to get very cold once the sun sets. And I was like, really? So she brought fur stoles for us. Oh, <laughs> I was, was like, I to wear Jackie Ford's fur stole, and I get to listen to her sing. It was so fucking amazing. It was it was really really fun experience. And um, of course, you know, it was my very first time out since COVID. Like really being out with a lot of people around. And Carson yeah. City is definitely a no mask. They don't give a f. Yeah. Yeah. So that was an interesting experience for me. Um, I wore my mask only to keep myself warm too. Like not just, <laughs> to keep, yeah. I'm like I just got off a plane. <laughs> so maybe I should keep everyone safe. Cause everyone was, they were all much older people in that little city, in that little town. So that was a fun experience. And then, oh, before that, sorry, I forgot. I, you know what? I'm not even going to go into it. I got to pump Jackie Ford's gas and I got to go grocery shopping with Jackie Ford on this little mini excursion. So that was fun. (laughs) But before this episode comes out on my channel, I'm already doing a recap of like very specific. So I'm going to, I'm going to pull it back. I'm going to rate it in. Sorry, everybody. I get, I, I, it's, this is the first time I've actually talked about this trip since we got back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's hard when people ask what you did and it's hard to explain if you, you know, if it's not your life. But I think like what we're going to talk about, it's going to hit the Reno people and the Vegas people. And then you know, like, it's different um, genres that are, that are part of the different places. Cause I, I had my first night with Catherine and Michael Erdley. Like I said, I'm coming down. Do you want to get together? Like, why don't you come to dinner? And you were invited. And that, and that was, it was great. Cause then it was like, well, could you mind if we invite Greg and um, Diane guest? Like, that's awesome. Cause I've interviewed all these people. And then Jillian, who I've been trying to get, I finally got her when I was in <laughs> Vegas her and then Linda Norvig, which I've interviewed. So what stood out, which is when I was thinking about why I was emotional about it, it was just the hospitality. 
It was mm-hmm. the, just to be like in someone's home having a meal after not doing that with COVID and like home cooked food and just conversations. And I haven't seen any of these people in, in person since I left the show in, in 1980. So I've interviewed them. And so there's some connection, but it was just, it felt just so normal. And they talk so much about the community of the Hello Hollywood people that have stayed and how they all, a lot of them are in each other's lives. Yeah. And so it was just really great. Like somebody's, uh, the early son came in and then everybody knows them because their kids know each other. And there's just this really rich um, family community there. So I think that was a really great start to the trip was just a meal Mm -hmm. in someone's home after, you know, COVID of not getting to do that. And it was just like, yeah, hospitality was beautiful. Hmm. Yeah. Then we came back and I think we talked till two or three in the morning. Oh my God. (laughs) It was like the ultimate slumber party. (laughs) (laughs) I was okay, like, we I should go to shelter, right? Um, sh- what did I say? Lay down. <laughs> I knocked everything off of the um, <laughs> nightstand getting up and you were just like, what, what the hell or something? And then I was trying to pick it up and you just go lay down <laughs> like a dog. And I remember like losing it. And then I was trying to fall asleep and I would almost get there. And then I would get the giggles again. Like <laughs> Athena, who is, I'm her mother's age, just told me to lay down <laughs> like a dog. Like my child. (laughs) (laughs) I think we reversed roles on that one. Oh my God. Yeah. So we just, ah, it was so good. Like, so we both fill each other in on stuff. And then like the things that were coming to us as we, you know, the realizations and things that we had felt, I wish we, we should have freaking recorded those chats. Those like from, cause we got back at like what, 1030. So it wasn't like super late. But we were just like go talking and it was just really good. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I highly recommend it to anybody. Just go on a road trip with someone you've never met who is a show person, wasn't a show that you were in or near somewhere that you were in. And <laughs> yeah, well, because you get it, but we also had like a, a big span in between when we worked and where we were because a knee to be in the, in the MGM Grand, which is now the Grand Sierra, just to know that was the building that I danced in for a year. And I was back for that reunion four years ago. But like you said, it looks different. Like I was in that hotel every night and I couldn't figure my way around because it was so different. And then to see like the entrance to the theater is nothing like what it looked like. And you're trying to imagine like, what was it like with Mater D when you'd bring your guest in? And like, it, it was just really weird to, to see that and go, I know it's the same place, but I don't have any body sensory of this, except for when we went to the stage door to just see like, okay, I remember this. I remember parking my car here. I remember walking. It was just like that part started to feel more like, oh, I remember this. But at first it just felt like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that maybe I made this up. Huh. And then we got yeah. to, can we go into what we got to go see Karen Burns, which was wonderful. Wait, um, you're getting ahead of us. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Is that all we did the next morning? We went straight to Karen? No, we did something else. Hang on. But we're not we're not sharing it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's for our that's for our supporters. We needed a special clearance for this uh this um experience and we can't talk about it on public airwaves. So if you want to hear about it, please become a member or a patron sherry has her patreon page and i have my members 
section of my website on showgirls.life and you can go to patreon.com slash bluebells forever is that right bluebells forever pod pod okay yeah so um yeah so we we spent the morning and then we did this amazing experience that had to be cleared and yeah uh then we were late (laughs) to our next appointment Everything was like, everything was longer than we think it would be no, just because, crazy. yeah. And, and we, we wanted three to... hours for some yeah. of these things. And it was like, it wasn't enough. It was crazy. Yeah. Like, so then we went to Karen Burns and that was the, yeah. So why don't you take it away? Because I will give my, my, my two cents at the end, but yeah. Tell us, yeah. Tell us about your experience. <sighs> well, she emailed me and said, what numbers were you in? Because at first she was just going to have a few costumes and we were going to, you know, interview her and then just talk about what she's done to, to preserve the costumes. Because she bought the collection of Hello Hollywood. Hello. She has most of them. Some of them are in Vegas and there's a couple other places they end up. But she has the majority. Mm-hmm. So I told her what numbers and we get there and she's got my cost, not my personal ones, but the, all the numbers I was in. I mean, one of those could have been my own on, on a rack. And I was just thought we could look at it. And so she said, no, hold it up. And she had a little platform where I could like stand there with the costume and then backdrop, put put the backdrop and put on like the heat wave hat and then to play with the fans. Cause it was like, and I felt like there was something beautiful that was going on back and forth because I was so excited to see the costumes and Kieran was so excited that I was excited. And I was so excited that she was excited that I was excited (laughs) because it was like, this is bringing her joy to give, to give like this. And she, she was loving it. And I was loving it that she just has this, this passion for it. And she had said in the interview, we're going to redo her interview. We had a couple technical things we're going to redo is it feels like people don't care about this anymore. And that's like, Mm -hmm. that's why there's the, our podcast. That's why her costume collection, that's like Grant's um, showgirl museum. Like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of us that we are still passionate. So when you realize you're not the only one that is putting all this time and money and energy into it, it's like, this matters. And I know we heard that a lot on oh, yes. our, that this matters, keep doing it, what you're doing. Cause this really matters. Cause mm-hmm. you don't know, you, you know, like what, what people are getting out of it. But I think just have that, having that be like the first day out and, and getting to like, see the costumes. And we got to walk through just the racks of it and just like, Oh, there's blue sleeves. There's, there's costumes that I didn't even wear, but I'm like, I know these iconic costumes. And then like my, one of my favorite dresses was from night and day that like beautiful Swarovski crystal, heavy, heavy dress, mm. which when you took a picture, it does nothing. It does not show. It looked like it was a washed out off white, but in the light, it's spectacular, but to hold it up and feel how heavy it was. And to, mm. yeah, it just brought me back in a different way than looking at photos. It was just very personal. And I just have to thank Karen. I hope you're listening. You made that experience so personal so wonderful. And she had stories about the costumes and stories about Pete Benefee and about uh, the different things she's done to keep these costumes out there, renting them out for different events and telling history. She, she goes around and shares and then COVID has made that near impossible for her to do that. So I think we, we all need a little boost uh, that what this really matters. And this was really was wonderful. We didn't make it something it was, and it really to stand there in those costumes and go, I wore that. This is my, I like just two of these. I could like, my house is maybe worth one of these costumes. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of spectacular and it made it go. Yeah, it really was that grand. It really was that beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the way she's, she's uh, 
done the the extra work to to make presentations she had boards with photos of performers wearing them and then you know like the photos of performers wearing them in the day and then you know the mannequins wearing them and then some you know some history and some writing, uh, whatever they would call that. I call it copy <laughs> mm. talking about it. And so she could present these boards for, for presentation. Sorry. <laughs> you just got a frog again. in your throat <laughs> and you're uh, back on the road trip. Well, there was a picture when I went to Vegas, I I'm not, I'm jumping ahead. I'll jump back. But if I went to see a friend of mine who brought her scrapbook out and she has a picture of me that I've never seen because it's been photoshopped because it was in finale where I was topless. Uh-huh. I've never seen that a photo like that, I don't think. And so we had just, I'm jumping ahead. I, I hope this makes sense. But we had just been to the UNLV and looked at some of the sketches. So there was a sketch that you sent me of that sketch. And then I saw that and I had the picture of me wearing it. And then I, and then Karen pulls out that costume that was my, the one I actually wore, not just like the ones that we all wore, that was specifically the cape I wore. And I'm yeah. like, just to see the three different stages of that was just amazing to see. This was Pete's sketch. This is its creation. And then it's still beautifully preserved and intact. And then to get to take a picture with it was just, it was wonderful. Yeah, that, that was yours. Like you mm-hmm. got to wear that. Like we know mm-hmm. that for a fact because there was only one of them. So yeah. that was yours. It had, uh, did I say Kathy Coburn? I took a picture of it. Yeah. Of whose I don't whose know name you... was in it last. So Kathy, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's also your cape. How many people wore that in 11 years? But yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I often wonder same thing about the, uh, the costumes that, for example, that um, like the disco and the finale that Bob Mackie designed. Who wear all these costumes? Like, I want to sit down with Diane Palm and be like, okay, now this one, how many people got to wear this over the course of 34 years? Like, that, I seriously yeah. want to sit and do that with her, but I don't know if she's willing. We'll see. <laughs> um, but just for me to watch you and her, that, like you said, that exchange between the two of you, because you guys were like feeding off of each other. And I was just like the documenter. All I was doing, mm. taking videos and photos of the whole thing, like trying to document every like aspect of it. And I was like trying to take like close up shots of the costumes to show like the, the fine detail of like some of the beating and the stoning that was happening, like happened back then. doesn't happen like that anymore. And then she's like, here, without the fans. And I was like, holy crap, we get to play with the fans. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even remember red fans choreography because I was like, wait, what, what? I mean, they were white and black, so totally different from, and they were smaller. That's the other thing is the white and black fans that you guys were that, that night and day were um, slightly uh, more, a little narrower, like a pie, more pie shaped because the yeah. um, red fans ones were like really almost 360 uh, yeah. open. I think they had 13 staves. Donna London says they had 16, but I, I count 13 in the photos. But any, anyway, um, that was exciting for me to uh, play with those fans. Like I didn't get to dance with these, but these are, you know, the originals. I mean, I'm sure they weren't the originals unless you guys, I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I'll ask Karen because the red fans got replaced a few times during that 35 year run. Cause they just, once they're, they're, you know, flourish around the feathers fall off feathers, break staves break, you know? So we got a few, like when I was in the show, we got a whole new set of red fans and it was just glorious to have brand new fans it was just oh, it was so amazing but um yeah just watching you get to try those things even though you weren't trying them on fully except the backpack or not the backpack the cape um 
you had to help get me into because that thing was so heavy i was like i wore this every night it took two of us to get it on i'm like and that was running up in you know the headpiece and that on stairs with high heels and i was like oh i forgot how heavy these are i do have to say that was really wonderful that you were documenting how you documented because it felt like you were honoring the whole thing like i felt like it was sacred and i loved how you you were how you were catching things that were really personal because I wouldn't have the photos. If that, I mean, I could have set up a tripod or somebody would have missed those things. Yeah. So you were seeing it from the eyes of a performer. Oh yeah. Getting, again, that was fun. We got to reverse it on, on another incident, but it was like, I kept saying, I wish you could do this. I wish you could get to touch your costumes that you wore. Um, but it really was wonderful to have you there to witness it and to take photos that I can cherish forever. Yeah. I talked, let's see. I, I think I told Felix, I said, I would pay a lot of money just to get to wear my costumes again, just to try them on, even just the backpack, not like put on a bra and a G and tights, just to put on the backpack and just swoosh. Like my favorite costume was Pete's, uh, Pete designed the uh, black principal discos and it was all oh. black peasants with the yellow tips. Yes. It's Those just like the way it moves and it's just, oh, it's just so fun. I would pay a lot of money to go and just do that and take video and pictures of it. And I didn't know we were going to get to do, it was just like a bonus. Cause I thought I well, they might, she was going to talk about it. And then it would became an experience. I was like, Oh, I, cause I think I would have been, it was, that was maybe more fun. That was unexpected. And she, and her graciousness and her stories, which we'll get to record again, but just the story of her career. I had no idea. Like yeah. for her and I were the, the, you know, like you'd be in the show with someone, not know them, but her right. career is fascinating. And she was very comical. And some of the things she was telling of how she got there. I'm like, that's why it's so great to tell these stories because everybody's story is so different of how they end up in those shows. Yeah. Like once we got into the show, it was pretty much the same. We lived the same ish life, but like that path from that, you know, first dance class or, you know, whatever happened is, is so unique to all of us. And then like everything just like, kind of like each thing happened in the next order so that we ended up on that stage. It just, it's like fascinating. That's, you know, we both love this. Mm. <laughs> I hope our audiences know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's like why it was worth doing this trip. It was like, it feels important to see the people we interviewed. We're still on day one. And then, cause we had to eat and we went for a really good juicy burger, but then we went over to see Loretta and, uh, oh my gosh, my brain just stopped. Donna Howe. Okay. The, 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 the dressers. And that was like in their home. Again, it was just this gracious, wonderful that time awesome. of to get to hear their stories of being dressers. And they also talked about like the community that's so strong in Reno that they hang out and their, their kids are friends and people run into hello, Hollywood people all the time. That was just like a really nice relaxed evening and um, probably could have stayed longer, but we were a little bit wiped out, but super gracious and wonderful and I'd love hearing the stories after we just saw the costumes it's really great to hear the dressers point of view of the costumes too oh it was perfectly timed because we weren't supposed to see them till the next morning yeah left and I'm actually glad that we ended up doing it because I think we were there for what three hours three and a half hours yeah, or something. yeah. and just talking about uh you know what their roles were like and then what they ended up doing after. And I'm like, oh my God, there's like an opera scene in Reno, like that you could work for many, many years. Like that just was boggling my mind. Yeah. <laughs> but in really Reno? cool. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, maybe I should do that. <laughs> maybe I should be a dresser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was really fun to hear what that's like. Cause when you're in the show, it's just, you're a blur until you all are sitting up, you know, sitting back there and you get to hang out with the dressers when there's downtime, but that's very little when 
Yeah. Either the performers or the dressers are, are running and scurrying to do the next thing. And then we headed out the next morning. We got up and said bye to Reno and had a eight, eight hours to Vegas. Yeah, it was eight hours to Vegas. Yeah. They were like, oh, it's eight hours. I was like, the map says seven. No, we had to yeah. stop for potty breaks. <laughs> and we passed Clown Clownville. What was it? The, Clown Hotel? The Clown Motel or something like that. I have it, it on was, the dash cam. <laughs> The drive is like nothing. Everybody warned us this drive is barren. There's like one gas station. So plan it well if you're going to get gas and go to the bathroom. But it was just like desert and blah. And then we drive through this creepy. Sorry if you live in clown town. But I looked at you like, what the? What the <laughs> it looks like something from a horror film. And it could be delightful. But I didn't want, I wouldn't want my car to break down in, in the clown area. Let me look up. Now I'm, I, I, I think I... I mapped it or I saved a point. Now, I guess know, if you have kids, it could be a fun excursion, unless they're terrified of clowns. Yeah, I think it was Clown Motel or something. No, I'm not finding it. No. There's a couple of those little towns that would you just, it would be like a block of something that was like a theme and then you'd be gone and like, huh. <laughs> Last yeah. stop. It was weird. And then the rest of it was like ghost town. So yeah. maybe the clown scared everybody away. <laughs> nobody wants to build next to the clown town and then we get to vegas was it like i think it was 95 one day and then 100 it was going up every day like yeah when we got there at what was it 7 6 30 was that what time we got there yeah 6 6 30 uh we got there and it was like 90 degrees and i was like oh my god this and it's june mid-june and i was expecting at least 100 and like sweltering and it was fine i was like oh it's nice you were glad not to have the Reno cold. Yeah, I was actually glad because I was like freezing in Reno. Like the whole time <laughs> I did not, I wore, I, I packed everything for like 100, 100 and 110 degree heat, even for LA because LA has been having some very hot summers. Yeah. Years. So I was like, oh, I'm going to just be wearing little rompers and shorts the whole time. And I was freezing my butt off in Reno. <laughs> But yeah, so it was, it was a nice uh, change for getting into Vegas at, and nine, being 90 degrees. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm trying to think what we did. Do we do anything that night? You went to visit Jacqueline. Oh, yeah, that's right. I went to Jackie Conez and then did an interview in her amazing house. And then you yeah. went. Yeah, we, we, get, again, we kind yeah. of split up that first night. Yeah, we, yeah. we split up again. We're like, see ya. Yes, divide and conquer we checked into the airbnb and it the airbnb funnily enough i thought it was close to grant's museum and it was actually like a block away <laughs> we could have walked over there um so yeah that whole that neighborhood i think it's called winchester um it's uh just it's a lovely cute little mid-mod little area in vegas that um i used to actually live near there too and we never got to to yeah. the house over there on the golf course. Dang it. <laughs> the one where they, uh, so the twins, the long twins who were the, one of the, um, the variety acts in Jubilee, they, I lived with them for mm, maybe a year, I think. And they lived on this golf course where the house that they shot the movie casino in the one that, um, Ace Sam Rothstein and his wife lived in, it was like two doors down. It was right around the corner from their house on that golf course and I used to sunbathe almost nude 
on that golf course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were telling some good so stories cool. about that. Yeah, yeah. Some good stories. We had some good stories. I wish we would have just been like, okay, go. <laughs> I wish we had not been <laughs> thinking like we were just always so like just involved in everything. So yeah, I met up with my friends at Kim Chung, who is head of the uh, special collections at UNLV. And we had a nice dinner. She treated me to dinner and uh, she showed me a, a part of Vegas that I had never been only because, and I lived there for almost 10 years, only because when I lived there, I wouldn't have been caught dead there or I would have been killed if I went there, like at any yeah. point, because it was just a scary part of Vegas. Like, um, I think it was east of downtown, like the like sketchy, sketchy, sketchy. And now it's this like thriving little arts district that reminds me of Colfax in Denver. So like there's still pockets of ghetto, I call it, I used to call it this too, pockets of ghetto, like really slummy, scary. And then the next block is this cute little with bistro lights and it just is, is adorable. I was like, oh my God, I had no idea this was here. I'm going to have to come here like during the day and when, you know, someday and just like take a look at these, all these like cute little ice cream shops and art galleries and stuff it's just it was it was pretty cool like I, i'm like vegas you have culture what <laughs> <laughs> when when you had you were there for the closing of or close to the closing of jubilee right it's prior yeah and yeah. how 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 long was that before you'd been there or since you've been there i hadn't been back to see the show since 2012 so it was well before the the switchover um so it was still very much like it was when i was in the show and i'll actually I knew a lot of the principals that were in the show. They were promoted after I left. So um, yeah, 2012 was the last time I, went, I saw it from the light booth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because how was that for you to go back in? Because it, it was, I had lived there for like only two months and gone back and I, it's really different for me, but I didn't live there. Like I had a hard time in Reno trying to remember like where everything was because it hadn't, but not, I don't think it's changed. Like Vegas has changed because oh. you said something about the signs that cracked me up because when long ago it was all the signs for shows and it was like, you know, showgirl stuff and like all the show things. And can you tell me, because when you told me I could not, not see it, what all the billboards are now? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of bottle service. Not so I, you're saying, did I ever go back? So that was 2016 was when the show closed. Um, I was there in January and then I drove through. So I stayed for less than, you know, a night. I, I, we drove in, in 2018. And that's when I saw, I was like, what the fuck happened to Vegas? Who did this? You're fired. Like, I just, yeah. <laughs> but I was looking around. I used to see billboards of uh, showgirls in the shows or, you know, even, even blue man group or some beautiful ones for Cirque. No, in 2018. And it's still kind of the th same thing. Now, all I saw were billboards for injury lawyers, attorneys, um, and then billboards for the nightclubs, which they used to be very saucy and sexy. No, now they have photos of the DJs that are in residence at those clubs like Hakkasan and whatever the, I don't know the, that's the only one I know actually but they look like fucking mugshots like those guys have no fucking charisma and it's almost like sorry I'm just going to go on this so this soapbox for a minute it's almost like Zuckerberg who was like this super like nerdy like anti-social person who created this amazing crazy thing to be social and it's not even really what it is about anymore but he like these djs 
have learned how to be social in their own way by using music, but they have like zero, they're not performers. And this is the entertainment capital of the world. And all they have is injury, attorney, billboards, and mugshots of- uh, And of the, erectile, there was a lot of erectile oh, dysfunction. erectile dysfunction, that was new. Yeah. Yeah, there was like every other sign. It was like, I, I saw injury, lawyers, erectile dysfunction, and also um, bankruptcy lawyers. Oh, the bankruptcy. Well, the, yeah, those were always there. Those were always there, but it was just like, there was no show billboards no anywhere. Show it was billboards. just bizarre. Yeah, I think maybe everyone should stop doing cocaine and maybe your thing will work. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was, oh, sorry, that was mean. <laughs> no, um, there was yeah. some, something going on there, but it was like, wow, this is, it just was pretty mundane. Yeah. <sighs> and then I drove over to Summerlin and you would end up at Summerlin because we're going to see Jackie in her amazingly beautiful house. So then again, it was like just being someone's home after COVID was just a whole nother in her her episode just came out and just beautiful story, beautiful home. And just to hear how many dancers in Vegas that are still active and connected. And, wow. Was it next? Is next morning? Is that, uh, well, we also stayed up that night and talked too long. I don't know. Yeah, that's, again. That's, we did our charcuterie board. Like, what do we have? We don't want to go to the store. And yeah, we'll we just. Had a little charcuterie board. We talked about the things we learned when we were apart from each other and like kind of our mind blowing experiences and, and kind of, we just talked a lot about some of the things that we were like, holy shit, like you were saying earlier, this matters. What we're doing really matters to this group of people. And it was definitely more fuel to keep going and just mm-hmm. keep making it better and talking to more people and meeting it. It almost feels like furious, like, oh my God, especially with some of the people we've lost in the last few months, you know, like Michael Pratt and, um, uh, Pierre Rombert, yeah, uh, Ronnie Lewis. I don't think any anyone would have been able to get Ronnie Lewis. Sue Kim has been trying to do an interview mm. with him for years. So you know, there's there's people that are passing on, and it just started to feel almost like more pressure on me. I don't know if you felt this, but more mm-hmm. pressure on me to keep doing this so that I could talk to as many people as I could to get their stories on the podcast. And it's, that was one thing that I felt that I was like, oh my God, we're all like, we, like, I think Don Arden was quoted as saying to Bluebell, we are the end of an era, era. And then they both passed. And as far as I know, no one has been able to reach the kinds of heights that they've right that, that they reached in their careers as far as show show production show business and you know creating spectacles of the caliber that they did so and, and i know you've talked to christopher about that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> so yeah. yeah those were yes so we talked to like what a two or two thirty in the morning and then i wrote my email to my email subscribers <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, like, I, I gotta I download my spelling text. anything right here but <laughs> and here's some that pictures was, that I took <laughs> we're in the delirious zone well then preserving history because the next morning we got Sue Kim uh was wonderful we met her at UNLV and we got to go through the scrapbooks which a lot of people asked if that was a special thing but you can anyone can go see anyone that right you go. just make an appointment and that was amazing and I had to cut mine short because that was I had Jillian for a couple different times and the only yeah. time I could get her was at noon. So I had two hours and then you, you were there maybe four hours, maybe yeah, longer. I was there till, so we got there at 10, 10 12, three and a half hours. 
I left yeah. a little bit early. Yeah. I got, it got, it was exhausting actually. Yeah. Um, I left. So you had, you went to go see Jillian and what we had done. So in order to do this, you have to just make an appointment you just contact Sue Kim. Um, I will share the um, UNLV library special collections contact information um, so that you, if, if you want to go see this stuff, but you go in and they're finding aids. So it's a, it's archived in archival safe boxes, like at, at acid free, and these people are in charge of keeping these documents as wet, as clean and as nice as they can for however many centuries paper lasts. I don't know. Um, yeah. So they're keeping all of these documents. And so you have to use this finding aid. So everything, everything that is there, they know what it is and it's in a catalog and you can look in you like, so we had bluebells scrapbooks and then we had Don Arden's papers. Cause I had to do a little bit of research for my, um, my 40th anniversary episode that came out last month <laughs> mm-hmm. comes out next week, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, July 31st, uh, we're, we're filming or we're, we're, we're recording this earlier, but we got to see, like, we got to choose what we could look at. And I, I was like, Oh, we need at least four hours. So I, you know, I, I said that time sign, I was like, I'm going to be here. I want to meet Jillian, but I, I, I already set this time. And so I'm going to stay. And so I went through I don't, I think I got through maybe four or five of Bluebell scrapbooks. And then I jumped to the, to the Don's papers because I had to see what other information they had. So I could, you know, talk about it for the, the 40th 40th anniversary episode. Um, And I did a time-lapse of it and I only got like 20 minutes of it. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. So, but I'll share that with you too. So maybe we can, I don't know, share it, but I got a time-lapse of us looking through the, these, the the bluebell scrapbooks. And I got to say, like looking through these things that bluebell had made because she, she pasted all these articles in and that's what it is. It's all the press clippings, anything that said bluebell on it, it was in there. And the reason was, and Sue Kim uh, informed me of this. So if you're not aware Back in the day before the internet, there were whole agencies that employed people to look through magazines and newspapers and you'd get like a stack of 12 of them a day and you would, you had a keyword that you were looking for. In this case, it was Bluebell and they would circle Bluebell and snip it out of the magazine and put it aside for that client. Yep. It was a service they offered back. It was like the the manual internet (laughs) back in the day. And that's what all, I think there were like 30 books that we could have looked at. And like yeah. I said, I think I got through four, four or five, maybe. And um, it was fucking validating. So validating. I just, that's the best word I can describe to see that this woman who started the Bluebell Troop in 1930. I believe that was the very first scrapbook they had was from 1935 all the way till, you know, the show I was in. And, and of course there were other, most of the, the scrapbooks are um, foreign newspapers. When I say foreign, I'm talking mm-hmm. about uh, mostly French, a lot of Italian, uh, German I saw, and some that looked um, Nordic of some sort. I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I want to maybe Finland maybe, or, mm um Denmark uh, no I don't think it was Denmark but anyway so 
just seeing all of these clippings of all of these girls and the hype about being a bluebell and how everyone wanted to marry a bluebell girl and like what you needed to how you needed to be to even date a bluebell girl it was just like holy fucking shit I was part of that yeah yeah that's how I felt how did you feel (laughs) yeah and to know like this was bluebell's personal you know like that like whatever care went into that this is her story because like that's who employed us that's who the vision came from that's the legacy and so it was just it felt really personal to just like and then it was those fun things like how to, to marry a bluebell and to see them like coming on off the tarmac celebrated when they would come in, you know, the new blow bells are here getting off the plane and they were always met with photographers and dressed up fancy and like out on the town and with celebrities. It was just like this era that, I mean, I'm older than you. And so I'm kind of end of the mob, but I was only in Vegas for a month or two months before I moved to Reno, which was a very different feeling. But I mean, just even just the difference in our eras is different. But then that was like this glamour. It's like when flight attendants used to be like, models and glamorous like everything was just about the beauty and class and when you go out you are dressed up and you you know you represent the classiness of Miss Bluebell so that was that was just really fun I wish I I could have done had seven more days because I would have loved to have stayed longer and to do all the things I couldn't I couldn't figure out one thing to cut out to fit somewhere else because it was all everything was spectacular yeah we did two days in Reno and then three days in Vegas, and then a day and a half in LA. Like it just wasn't enough. I was Mm-mm. like, I could do a whole week in each city. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, I mean, we did a lot though. Like you were saying, I need a break. I'm like, I need a break, Sherry. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. I don't have this energy. I'm not that spunky. <laughs> well, all, it was a lot of sensory too. Like, and then we went and saw Legends uh, in concert because Jillian got his comps and it was really fun after I interviewed her, which was so wonderful because I just adored her. And I know a lot of people kept saying, please get Jillian because everybody just loves her. And they loved her and Adrian as a management team. And so we were just saying, you know, it was better if, if we'd done it, I probably wouldn't have done this interview on zoom right there at the, at the dining room table with her. And yeah, I just made me remember like how wonderful good management, you know, cause then you can do these shows and have people that don't really care about the cast. And so, yeah, it was nice to see how, how loved she is. And then to go, yeah, this is why. And then she got us the comps and to see a show. Like I was thinking, oh, we're going to be in a crowd with people like <laughs> it was just this weird thing and when we got there I forgot like you know people were masked we had our booth so we had privacy and it was like I got emotional and there was like it was a great show it's an impersonation but they don't lip sync they really sing and I was gonna say some of those people sing better than the original artists mm-hmm. and they had dancers and you had your opinion on the show girls I thought they were fabulous and I also oh before that wait no I we saw I saw Peter the day after but it was just fun to see like some costumes with the feathers and but the girls got to do showgirls but they got to kind of raunch out on some stuff and then they got to be kind of more updated stuff but just to see costumes and lights and then they had us singing at one point we were standing up dancing I'm like I forgot what this was like and so there was something of why entertainment is important and people were the whole crowd was having a blast and like oh yeah this is what it's like to be on the other side of the stage of what the joy you bring to people and exactly it was really it was really fun to just like we got to kind of rest but it was again more more stimulation and more sparkles to add to it but it was a really fun like I didn't think we'd get to do this for a while you know I don't know we had to like clap and you know like clap with the music for Tina and for Rod Stewart (laughs) and for who else was it Tom Tom Jones (laughs) Elvis Elvis (laughs) 
so easy to confuse those. <laughs> yeah, so easy. Oh, no, it's because of the, the correlation with showgirls. So yeah. my, I'll just say it because you did say it a little bit. My opinion on that show is I was surprised that there were showgirls on that stage. I was like, holy fucking shit. Those are some serious showgirl costumes and found out that the first act was Misting Getz yes. showgirl costumes, which I've seen. I believe in uh, the showgirl show that was at the Rio um, 2005 when I left the show. So um, I was like, oh my God, these are some good costumes. Like they're not crappy. <laughs> like, yeah, they're beautiful. So yeah, they, they had ostrich feathers. So that's also, you know, when you use feathers, I, I've always wanted to ask Pete, why don't you use Marabou or why didn't you use Marabou? Maybe he did, but he never used them in uh, Marabou in any of the uh don arden shows maybe don didn't like Marabou. i don't know anyway that was one of the questions i forgot to ask pete so i'll have to text him <laughs> but my my problem is like you were saying they got to raunch out and do real dancing so like i'm not saying that showgirls don't really dance you have to have incredible training to do the movements a showgirl did but it was, it's a totally different style of dance. It's like jazz. It's like hip hop. It's like get down. I mean, Tina Turner. Hello. Um, what is, what is the, the dance, the proud Mary? Yeah. Yeah. You, you need, I couldn't do it. I, <laughs> I'm more of a balletic classical, uh, kind of dancer, but some of the girls that were in Jubilee could have done that, that type of dancing. And two of the girls in legends used to be in Jubilee. So yeah. Oh, that was yeah. a fun thing while we were waiting for the restroom. Yeah. So recognized you. Yes. Kaylee Jones. So uh, I connected with her and she, I've been following her on it. I had been following her before I closed my Instagram account, but for a few years and I just, I kept going. Like when I was watching the show, it was like, she kept pulling my eye. I was like, those two tall blonde girls, they're like, not, they, I'm exaggerating, but they appeared to be like half a foot taller than the other girls. I think so. Yeah. They were really, they were a lot taller. They were, they seemed a lot taller and they were very leggy and they just kept pulling my eye. And I was just like, why? But it wasn't because they were featured. Everyone had their chance to be featured, which I loved. That was really cool because it's a small show. I think there were seven girls. Is that right? Seven? Mm, maybe seven or eight. Yeah. But yeah. I, we were walking to the bathroom. I was like, oh my God, I have to pee. <laughs> and then she goes, she, uh, we were talking, I was like, oh my God, there's showgirls. And I look and she's standing there, you know, in her regular clothes, but I saw the giant lashes and the red lips. And I was like, oh, you're in the show. And she, she started talking to me and turned, she's like, I'm Kaylee. And I knew her last name because, because <laughs> I remembered her from, from Instagram and we're talking and I was like, oh my God, there are showgirls in Las Vegas. So her response was, <laughs> uh, I, I won't say it because that's her privacy, but <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, yeah, they're showgirls. And then I ran into another who was a principal. She um, she was principal after I left. She was a bluebell when I was in the show and she was there. She had come to see Kaylee and I was like, oh my God, it's you. So it was just kind of fun to have like a mini reunion with uh with those two and um i don't remember peter told us the name of the other girl they're very young and you know allison and i were talking about this episode's going to come out after the one with allison but we talked about how she's been thinking about if she was one of the girls at the end of jubilee like what she would do 
because she had this long career as a showgirl or a she calls herself a dancing nude you know we, mm-hmm. we're all showgirls in a way but she was like I don't know what I would have done and there there's nothing for them to go to like she was going hopping from show to show because she could yeah people could do that back then we could kind of do that but I, I didn't want to I was like jubilee works for me <laughs> but, so like that's kind of sad that those girls, they trained their whole lives and then they got into like the most amazing show ever and they're closed, like almost without notice. Like they were scrambling, all of them, whatever. I think there was only 42 left by the time um, the show closed. We're scrambling to get jobs and just, it's just really sad that it just had mm-hmm. to end. And, but at least Legends has a space for showgirl numbers. There yeah. were four four of them I think and they're beautiful costumes like Mm -hmm. I was just like yeah that's cool (laughs) yeah when we talked I talked about with hello Hollywood hello with that cast about being there when it closed we kind of were hearing it from both those shows of the people we were hanging out with of the grief of like we thought this was going to keep going Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah, it's like that we get to focus on the creation of a show but the closing of a show yeah it was just like oh Instead of you walking out, like going to your next thing with your makeup and your stuff, like everybody taking their pictures off the mirror, taking your makeup box and all your stuff. I was like, oh, yeah. It's like, I think like there's nowhere to go. Like you can do conventions or industrials as as they used to be called. You can do special events where they have showgirls, but those costumes, like they don't hold nothing, (laughs) nothing to Pete or, or or um bob's designs like they just don't like they're um knockoffs is that what pete said they're called knockoffs <laughs> probably knockoffs. Uh, we, we saw a couple of the girls their hair hanging down chewing gum and like we go don't don't say it don't just keep going don't what? don't be rude was but that you, on saturday oh yeah, yeah we were, we were walking saturday. back we're, we went to the paris thinking we're gonna take a picture with the eiffel tower but you have to get like you know 10 miles back and <laughs> didn't work but what we did go into ballets and the costumes that are yes. in but then i loved your reaction pete's too like what like that one bra that but like they put some of them together right or had mannequins that were standing like frumpy like why would you put this gorgeous costume on like a jc penny mannequin some of them were done really well but there was a few like just their posture was like but it was really fun to see them in there. And I, cause I didn't wear them. So that was kind of in your territory, like getting to recognize things that either you wore, or at least you knew from the show that are in these glass cases right next to the slot machine. So it's kind of a bizarre experience to see them that they're preserved, but it's kind of yeah, weird. It is weird because um, I had heard that the night the show closed, those disappeared. As soon as the final curtain came down, they were gone. And I'm like, why? And then they started to make their way back. So I'm not sure what happened or why that happened, but um, I'm not sure how long they've been back there. It's been five years since the show closed. Um, but yeah, they whoever styled <laughs> them was taking some liberties. Like we never had jewels on our shoes ever because they never would have lasted. They would have, there was no way to get jewels on your shoes, first of all. Um, you'd have to like punch the settings through the leather and then, you know, that's going to wear on the leather. And yeah. So you could glue them, which is what they did for these shoes. I was like, that's interesting. They're silver shoes, but they have like little sequins and rhinestones on them. I'm like, that's a burlesque thing. Burlesque people 
dazzle their shoes because they have to. Uh, <laughs> we, we never, we never did that. We had real dancing shoes. Okay. Um, but then like the bridesmaid costume is the same. I don't know about the old, remember we were walking between the Paris and Valleys, that little walkway. That's the old opening costume. So I'm not sure how different that was. They didn't have a Jubilee necklace. That was probably at least to give it something, at least people yeah, knew it was from. I think that for, was- I mean, they had a little card. Yeah. So I'm not sure who curates those costumes, but they're not being true to the sketches, which I take offense to. And I'm sure the designers do too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that was interesting to see. It was, it was kind of a nice surprise. They did take down the, the big wall mural down by the, the train. That's no longer there, sadly. And I was in my bride's costume and they had like Samson and Delilah and they had a whole, the whole finale staircase. Um, photo is just beautiful so the last time I went I someone told me about it. they're like oh did you know you're on that mural downstairs and I was like what so I'm glad someone told me and I got to take a picture um so it's 2016 every every once in a while I'll throw it back up on my cover photo on Facebook and then a hundred more people will like it <laughs> they're like oh my god you're in Vegas again no <laughs> that was in 2016 but uh, anyway so that was a cool experience but seeing those what, what did my love and I decide they're called characters. Mm. So, you know, how you go to Disney and you'll see the princesses and to be a princess at Disney, you have, there's like hardcore training that goes into it. And the reason Disney has, they have a rule. If you're over 13 years old, you may not dress as any character. Like it, you will not be admitted into the park. So that's a rule on purpose because they don't want little girls or little boys to be confused by the princesses that are paid to be princesses and the people that come dressed in like costume and they're not that great. So they want to keep that like that way. So oh. their Disney keeps that in dictates. Like it's a, it's a hard job. It's not easy. There's very strict guidelines to be each princess and you can only be the one, whatever one you're hired for. That's the one you be. So that's what those girls remind me of the I'm not going to call them showgirls, the fake showgirls, whatever. The the girls traipsing down Las Vegas Boulevard in shitty showgirl costumes. <laughs> I think they had shorts and tank top, but just had a headpiece or booty shorts <laughs> and halter tops, no tights, tattoos. And we've already talked about tattoos, go-go boots, and like Mardi Gras headdresses, like blue, uh, blue, purple and, and green and gold. And then we saw another pair. <laughs> and I actually got pictures <laughs> like from far away. So they didn't know I had a picture of them, but um, another pair that had like feather, like Turkey, those cheap Turkey boas off their butt. And then some up there, like pink and orange, <laughs> 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 which is, you know, Pete's signature opening, you know, the new opening yeah. Jubilee colors. So and that circus. was, that was annoying. I was glad I got to see them. I did not try to teach them anything. <laughs> <laughs> let's work on your bevel ladies let's let's work on how you how you stand how's that no I didn't actually um but oh this is funny this is um this is actually really funny a woman that I haven't talked to in a couple of years I met uh she lives in Las Vegas and um she was a passenger of mine and I was she her and her boyfriend have a long distance relationship he lives here she lives in Vegas and so she I was taking her from the airport to for one of her visits and we got to talking and she came to see my show at, when I was doing burlesque and all this stuff. And then we lost touch uh, 
shortly before COVID. So I haven't talked to her, but she texted me a couple of weeks ago and was like, Hey, I just met someone that you might be interested in meeting. She's one of those showgirls that walks down the street. <laughs> Sorry, I can't even get through it without saying it. But I, she said, you might have an opportunity with these ladies. And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Didn't, didn't, didn't you say someone said, say you that told me that, that, no, someone else said my mother used to be a show or something. Well, that the show closed. Yeah. Like, so uh, one of my guests, her twin sister, uh, had, oh, yeah. she, was, she was trying to be fun and playful. Like, Hey, my sister's a real show girl. And they're like, oh, that show closed. Like they were totally disrespectful and, and, you know, it's one thing if they were, they would want to uphold the standards and the vision, but they really don't care. And I did actually was scrolling through the a Jubilee Facebook page and someone posted the job posting. You get paid $2,000 a month to be a Las Vegas showgirl on the strip. That, but they posted that like three years ago, I think. So someone found the job posting <laughs> and posted it in our board. And I'm like, I'm sorry, $2,000 is not enough to be walking in the desert in a costume where people are going to be feeling you up and treating you like shit because they think that's okay. And um, they call themselves street performers, I think. I did find one. I was doing some research a couple of weeks ago. Um, they do consider themselves street performers, which is also an, um, an assault on actual street performers that actually have talent. Um, you know, Penn and Teller used to be street performers. They used mm. to busk before they made it big. So like a lot, it's just, it's getting ridiculous. You have a, a cool costume and then you can just go out and make tips and, and just walk around. It's, it's like universal studios. You just, you can just walk around and I don't know how, like my, my boyfriend, um, he's a magician and he used to do what they call busking and he used to do it in, uh, on our street, 16th street mall here in Denver is one of our, the famous thoroughfares, and buskers would go and they do their thing and make money. So he used to do that. And it's very competitive and you have to get in with the family. Like it's a, like a family of people. And if anyone just shows up and start like pitches up, what do they call it? Throwing up a pitch and getting on your pitch and doing your thing. You're, you're going to get outed. Like it's, it could get violent. So I don't really? know if they're like that in Vegas. He says they, they used to be. Cause he had to actually ask permission because he was helping someone propose to someone once in Vegas. <laughs> he flew all the way out to Vegas to help somebody propose. And he had to ask permission from this um, busker to use his pitch to do this thing that he got. Hired oh my gosh. So crazy. But anyway, so that's just a little history on those kinds of people. And um, I'm learning more and more about all of this. I, I, I think that it's just, what is this world coming to? Does anyone care where the showgirl went? We do. We'll just keep doing our podcast, I guess. Sorry. If we do this again, I want to do a, vid a mini video of those girls and have you on one street corner with one of the costumes you made going, this is a showgirl and show the walk and just like do like a, not a, quite a competition or maybe a battle, a showgirl battle, but have you like as passionate as you are about it. And just like, I, just to see that side by side would be like, oh Yeah. No. <laughs> but my love, you know what? My love and I were just talking about this though. There are people in this world that cannot tell the difference between good design and bad design. They cannot tell the difference between pretend and real. And it's just, it's like we were held to really high standards. So we could tell quality in costumes yeah. and 
even choreography or staging. Like everyone says, Don was brilliant at the staging. Brilliant, right? And he hired the best customers and the best choreographers and the people on his team to make these shows incredible. We had that. But some people have never had that. And they have no idea that the, the costumes that you buy at off of Amazon, for example, it's expensive. 50 bucks. Can you believe that showgirl costume cost 50 bucks on Amazon? That's <laughs> so one, I could wear it. one feather in Jubilee. Yeah. Yeah. So I could wear it for one night at a Halloween party. Like that's like, even if we did that, I don't think people would still be able to see the difference if they weren't right. trained. So there's always that. <laughs> yeah. I think it would maybe only amuse me. Uh, okay so we we still had one more day because we have like we had the showgirl museum I went to see we saw Sean I went and saw Peter we had sushi but then you went and saw your Adash partner so I don't know how much you wanted because the showgirl museum was that the first thing we did that morning I feel like I did something in the morning we did the other secret oh yeah yeah. okay then we did that and then we then we were late to a little bit late getting to grants because everything was like longer than we thought we were on time for the first meeting of our day but yeah. then because we it wasn't it was just everything was very involved yeah it like having these connections in person is so different than a zoom call yeah it's so so different because like there's there's an energy exchange you know there's just is there's the eye contact is very different because like I'm looking at the screen I'm looking at your eyes I'm not looking at at the the video. So it's just very different. So we just, that's one thing I learned is like, next time we got to leave like four hours between. So that means we're probably only going to get to do two things in a day. I don't know if we ever do this crazy thing again. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like we just touched on, and then for Grant, it was so fun because I've interviewed him, but then so just want to talk about stuff like, oh yeah. And then we're going to, we just like, I love that um, Rosemary's like, start filming because he was saying such good things like, okay, we're going to catch this. And then that was rushed because we had somewhere else that was Sean. a shot was Sean yeah, afterwards. His, his meeting was 20 minutes away. So yeah. we were, I was like, Oh God, hopefully we don't hit it. You know, get any, any traffic on the way. <laughs> so I was like, we gotta go. We gotta go. I mean, I've already, I've, I've done the tour with Grant. Um, I think it was the, the, when the show closed was, uh, when he, um, I reconnected with him because I had done a modeling gig for him when he was doing a fundraiser for the, the museum. So I got to, that was my second, that when we went together was my third time being in there and just seeing like just how many more costumes he's added since then. And, and like you were saying earlier about the mannequins at Valley's, you know, Grant has better <laughs> mannequins. They're actually like um, different poses, like uh, yeah dancer poses they're more they're very much more um not boring department yeah. They have, yeah the posture looks like a showgirl as opposed to like i've been yeah. uh hiking all yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> so so I like this is how people stand no they don't <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun because he's another one has such passion and so to hear him talk about where he's gotten them who wore them the design why it was the way it was it was just he's this wealth of knowledge and he's very passionate about it which makes this way more fun than if someone is not you know like you can go look at it but if somebody doesn't really care about what's in there and then i loved hearing rosemary tell her her part of it too and it was just fun to go through there and get to see things up close and like like you said the detail the beading like the the things that they didn't need to probably be that detail because the audience can't see that, but you get a close like, no, this was amazing. And it was, 
yeah, it didn't need to have to have that much detail for it to, but it, there was, everything was so special and so well done and so fine. Yeah. That who was, it? was it Karen or Grant? One of them had said that they were talking about the amount of detail. Oh, it was Grant. I think there was a dress that was like embroidered and they thought it was going to show up on this massive Vegas stage. It wasn't, um, it wasn't one of Pete or, or Bob's costumes. It was some address that he had gotten from a, a donation from a, a star a headliner. And I can't remember which one it was, but there was this incredible embroidery and the people that designed it were like, Oh God, this is going to look great on stage. And you couldn't even see it because on this giant stage, you can't see that kind of detail. And that's what um, Pete and Bob were so good at. It was like, making those details like really stand out like the just the size of the jewels for example like you can't have a size 30 well I use 16 SS which is three to four millimeter stones which is the normal for like a competition dance costume or a little ballet tutu no they were using size like 34 40 48 SS Swarovski stones are huge they're like 10 11 millimeters so that's a centimeter a little bit bigger than a centimeter and then those teardrops you know so that like whoever this is the thing about like um the education that the people that created those giant spectacles were getting from doing the the spectacles and and creating the costumes for this massive stages um that you know people like on broadway don't get because the stages aren't that big so like that detail is um i think one of the one of the, um, what is it, a factor that is, oh, my brain is <laughs> not thinking <laughs> the right word. Sorry, everybody, that um, not determining, but yeah, I guess it's a ter- determining factor of like high quality versus like just getting something on stage. Yeah. And so it, it, we were really fortunate to experience that in our dance careers and then get to revisit it because people like Grant and Karen are keeping it going mm. for us for us yeah. for, for anyone else who's interested <laughs> yeah because you can go visit the museum and he's got a new thing in the works which I'm excited to see because yeah there's a lot of people that like please keep this going because I just assume the costumes I didn't know idea where they went I didn't I had no idea if they were burnt up somewhere I didn't know that whole thing about taking them out in the desert and burning them <laughs> but I didn't I mean I just like where do where do they live and to know that they're they're still preserved somewhere and to see like you know Shirley, one of Shirley McLean's outfit like it was just really fun to see it up close and personal and go yeah that was spectacular and then we went and saw Sean and that was like um you had more in common, I think, than you knew, like all the overlap of the Dodge partners. And he's, he's just a big love. Just love, it was so much fun. It was a quick little get together at Starbucks, but yeah. he brought me a poster from the Lido. And then he gave us DVDs of partnering and had yeah. such fun stories and just, just another enthusiastic about this, this, this world yeah. and these people. Yeah. I mean, every single, even if it was a short, like that was, I think only a 45 minute meeting. Cause it took us a while to drive from grants to um, Silverado ranch area. That's where I used to live when I had my house down, down there. So it was like going home <laughs> ish. Um, so that was, it was actually really funny that we were going down there to meet him because I was like, Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that was our connection with my ex-husband. So, um, but then I found out that he trained my adopt partner that trained me, not my partner at Jubilee, but that was funny. So yeah, some interesting, uh, connections that we had and it was fun to just even though it was real quick 
And then we had to, uh, he had to run off to work and we had to run off to, did we go home after that? Or back to the Airbnb? I think we might've. No, there's something else we did. Oh yeah. You went, you went and saw your Dodge. Wait, I went and saw Peter and you did something else. You went with your Dodge partner. Cause I met up with you to get the key. I am so confused. Okay. So Friday, Friday, when we did the library, you went to see Jillian, you had to get, come back. And I was meeting with my old partner from the show. I was meeting, um, meeting with my dressing room buddy uh, yes. that day too. Yeah. Bam, we crammed a lot in there. We did cram a lot. Like Friday, I think was the fullest day. Cause we had the, uh, the library, there was Jillian. And then we had each had two individual meetings and then we had the show. So it was like crammed of stuff. <laughs> and then, you know, we weren't up. I wasn't operating very well. Cause I was getting like five hours of sleep a night. My allergies were kicking in. Oh, My yeah. voice was going away. <laughs> I was like, I've been talking for four days straight. I need to shut up. And I couldn't. <laughs> no. And our drives were always with me. We figured out the world and how the psyche works and healing. And so we had those really good in-depth conversations, which I love those. So that was really fun. We could talk showbiz, but also like deep healing. So when did it go, uh, what was the thing? I just went uh, on my brain. Oh, Uh-oh. We're I saw my, yeah. I saw my partner on Friday, not Saturday, Saturday, oh, I went I went my friend, I went to see my friend, Rachel. That's when I got up to Summerlin and I took That's a right. lift. <laughs> it was like a like $50 lift to get, yeah, $20 or, or 20 minutes. Away. Oh, now it was like 30 minutes away. Anyways, I went to see my friend, Rachel, because last time when I talked to her and we didn't see each other ugh, since she left the show, she left the show six months before I did. And, um, she had her son and I was like, oh my God, you're, you're like a the mini Jeff. Her husband's name is Jeff. I was like, you're like a mini me of him. That's adorable. So, um, he's, you know, like teenager, little teenager. And so I got to you see their house and see them again. It was just lovely just to go and, you know, hang out. Like you said, the hospitality and she showed me her swing book. So I did a video of her going through her swing book that she made when she was a swing and all the schematics of the stage with the little X's on it and the names of everywhere, you know, mm. did you ever swing when you were? Mm-mm. Yeah. So uh, for those of you that might be new to the show, <laughs> either show, uh, there was um, a book that the line captains had that would tell, that would show every um, stage position in every number, in every um formation that happened throughout the show so it was like hundreds of pages and each x on the stage would have a name and every contract change they would have to switch to add the new names and so she kept her book she's had it this whole time and she's like it's like her greatest treasure she still has her makeup box and everything so it's like oh my god like just seeing yeah like we have this part that we keep and we like we it's sacred to us and just seeing how everyone's part is peace is just a little different it's just that's fascinating to me yeah wow yeah and then i went and saw peter grove at legends and because uh, i've been trying to get him for an interview so let's be him with 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 uh John Stone, who yeah. every things are opening up. So people who had time are all busier than ever because shows are opening. And John is a part of, I think, management. And, and I can't remember where he is, but we're going to do his eventually, but he's super busy. And yeah. so Peter and I met and, and um, very first thing is I'm having nothing to do with your podcast unless you wear one of the, my hats. So I got to go back and he lowered one of the pieces, one of the costumes that we saw in Legends the night before, lowered it from the, the thing that comes down on the 
I can't even think what it's called. I can't make words anymore, but I tried that on. And then he gave me a full tour and I got to see all the costumes. He's telling stories about the why and the who, and it was so fascinating. Again, to just be, I think we were on costumes almost every single day. Yeah. So it was just like that whole, like, you don't see them in your life. And all of a sudden you're living in the feather factory for like five days. It was so much fun. And then he showed me some of the creations he did. He had a show in Berlin and I'm going to share his comes out Thursday in a, in a link to his show Joker that it was kind of dark and it was, I want to say a little bit, not Cirque, but it was kind of the production show, but there's a theme. It was just beautiful. So creative. And like, it was captivating just a little bit. I saw, and just, he was an ice skater, adage team and they also were like a dodge for a couple other shows not on the ice and his career and then ronnie lewis had just danced uh, died and he was close with him so there's mm-hmm. a lot of emotion of being in vegas like a week after ronnie lewis died and people were still processing that and then ronnie's mm-hmm. assistant I don't know, just had died that morning when i met with jillian so there was oh yeah uh, yeah so I'm, i have to look up the name because uh, jillian brought that up in her interview but it was just there was fresh and it was like the impact that ron lewis had in Vegas, like, cause you do a Don Arden show and you get this beautiful production and, and like, perfection. And then you also get to Ron Lewis where you get down and dance your butt off every night. And so now these videos are resurfacing. There's a Ron Lewis group of alumni and they're posting every day. There's video and, and um, stills and everything. And so it's kind of brought the group, the, the community together in a different way to just say, these people are like I said, they're passing. We want to tell their story. So it was really fun because we talked about that. And we finally got to the interview and it was a wonderful interview. And then I left my tripod there. <laughs> we did, we, you had a great idea to go out for sushi because you had an inn and we're the best sushi. And so then Peter met us to bring me my tripod. So we got to hang out with him for a couple hours while we ate some of the most spectacular, all you can, can eat. eat. And we did. We ate a lot. It was so good. Best sushi in Las Vegas. Sorry. I don't remember eating much of anything. I know I went out for food with people. I don't, I don't remember much except for sushi and then just getting stuff on the, on the go. And yeah, stuff no, we just I had in our cooler. only sit down meal. Well, except for I mean, with people. Like restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. So we're eating, eating that juicy burger in the car. That was the messiest <laughs> burger in the, in the world. But it's like, we don't have time to eat, but that was, except for when we go to people's homes or meet in restaurants, that was a nice little thing is we yeah. actually did eat. Yeah, sure. Got me dinner. <laughs> that was one of the gifts. That was everyone. Everyone was so lovely, lovely, and treating me to dinners, and it was just so like just gifts, 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 yeah. gifts from the universe and yeah. generosity and and love, and it was just it was fucking amazing. I was ready to go home after sushi. Yeah. However, <laughs> we got to go drive to LA the next day, and. <sighs> Yeah. Initially, when you had posted this to me, you had given me these dates and you said, okay, I was thinking two days in Reno, three or four days in Vegas, and then like two days in LA or one day in LA and uh, to see Pete Menifee. And I was like, I got to meet Pete Menifee. I just have to fucking go. Felix and I were supposed to meet him at the reunion because we have a funny story. I'll cover that story in my own <laughs> podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but I was like, I'm not waiting for you to come with me. Um, Felix, my love was not allowed to go on this girl's trip, <laughs> although he would have been a fantastic bag carrier. <laughs> he would have carried our bags. We could have done showgirl pictures in costumes. Cause he would have been our security guard. You know, there were a lot of things that we, we will, we will do different next time. But, um, I wasn't originally going to go to LA 
just money wise, I was just like, you know, then I'll have to fly from LAX. It might be more expensive. It might be cheaper to fly from Vegas. But then I looked at the cost and I was like, I'm totally going to meet Pete. (laughs) So we drove to LA the next morning. That was the first thing we did, right? Yep. And we went straight to Pete. Yeah. And up those windy, windy, um, that I'm distracting. So I'm trying to remember a name before my brain goes totally empty. Yeah. Up the windy roads. And then he wasn't there. He'd gone to get us lunch and he had the table set and it was out by his pool with this beautiful view of, of Hollywood. It was just, it was nice after Vegas to go up there and it was kind of lush and beautiful and just a little bit different vibe to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so do you want to do you want to talk about that of getting to finally see Pete and hear his amazing stories? Yeah. So Pete was so sweet. I'm sorry. I'm a poet today. <laughs> um, so he, I, I told, he said to message him when we were about 30 minutes away. So according to the, G- the GPS, we were about 30 minutes away. And that was like literally almost all the windy roads. I was like, what the hell? are we there yet? I mean, there was just windings. It's the Hollywood Hills. So uh, we got to see this massive sparkle truck. It it looks like a (laughs) food truck, like an ice cream truck, but it was covered in rhinestones, like covered and crusted with rhinestones. (laughs) And they didn't look like cheap, shitty plastic rhinestones. They looked like real Swarovski. It was beautiful. It's probably where the Jubilee costumes went. That maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Someone says they're still rotting in the basement. I don't know if that's true. Anyway. So we get there, uh, he said, make yourselves at home. And I was like, well, first of all, I have to pee, pee really bad. So um, I was like, I don't feel comfortable. Like, where's the door? I couldn't find the front door because I expected like this big grand entrance. And it's those, um, what are those doors called that have the, t- they're, the, they're split in the middle, those split doors. So you can leave oh, the yeah. top half open. So they, I, w- I thought that was like a workshop or something. So I didn't want to go in there. So we went around the back. And it was just like, when you were saying everything was lush, it was like um, that scene in Jurassic Park when they come out and there's like (laughs) all these dinosaurs and it's like, wow, you know, like this big lush view. That's where we were in the backyard with these enormous trees, like really old trees. I think he said he lived there, what, 52 years Mm -hmm. or something like that? The pool, the view of of the city. I mean, it just was like incredible. And I was like, okay, before he gets here, because I was like, I'm sure he's going to get here soon. I'm like taking all these photos and videos, (laughs) running around like a a tourist. I'm in Pete Menifee's backyard. Holy crap. So (laughs) we we were just totally starstruck when we uh, arrived at your... (laughs) (laughs) your amazing house (laughs) amazing like and just the experience like holy crap we I mean we all look look up to Pete because he was the one responsible for helping us all feel so beautiful and so like treasured in those costumes like he 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 was the one so and he's such a gracious gracious humble man oh yeah love Pete (laughs) everyone says that too (laughs) And just full of great stories. Like he's, I've had him on three times. You've had him some, at least two, two. two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. And he, like he, he's not going to run out of stories. Like he nope. has the greatest, like the West side story one 
with the, him with the oh my gosh with the guy that broke the collarbone and somebody ended up in the orchestra oh, pit that was right the collarbone i was like why did this whole chain of events started so then i was like are we supposed to talk about that because it's pretty personal because we i don't he just was telling stories and you know yeah. a couple were um more uh, detailed than he had told on and on either of our shows so that was cool but then I was like oh my god this is like I don't think he wants this on air even if we were recording even if I had remembered to put the fucking microphone on <laughs> and start mm. recording like I don't think he would have wanted some of those stories so um it was a fabulous lunch <laughs> yeah and it felt more like casual like people just hanging out having instead of interview it just was nice to just sit, yeah. sit with Pete Pete the person yeah, I was, I was exhausted. I was like, I'm done. And I, I felt like I wasn't fully there. Like I was there physically and my brain was like, holy crap, this is awesome. But I was so like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Cause my voice was almost gone. Like I was, I couldn't talk anymore. The, my allergies had gotten so bad and then talking for four days straight mm-hmm. <laughs> and not getting enough sleep. Like it was, it was quite the showgirls road trip. <laughs> <laughs> what but, did you, cause I went and saw Billy Goodson that night and did you, you didn't stay in, you went and saw somebody. I did. No, I was going to, I had planned to. And when we got into our amazing Airbnb, which had a swing, a tree swing. <laughs> oh, that's right. tell you. Yeah. No, yeah, you took it. You, well, you videoed it, I guess, with yes. the, the swing still going. So I posted and it's very much ASMR. So I jumped on the swing. I swung for a little bit and then I jumped off and then I just videoed until the swing stopped. It took 20 minutes for the swing to stop. But that whole time there was this cacophony of just beautiful birds sounds. I think Pete said they were uh, mockingbirds. Just, it was so beautiful. And I was just like, I'm posting this on YouTube. I don't care if people like it or not. (laughs) I'm going to watch it now when I can't sleep at night. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. So it's just me. You could hear the, the creak of the swing when I'm on it. And then when I jump off. And I didn't say a word. I just got on my, my, um, I just sat on the bed. This was a really cool Airbnb. I want to stay there again, mm-hmm. but I got on the bed and I was texting my friend to see if he could come pick me up. And I was like, oh, he's like, oh, it'll be like nine. And I was like, dude, I am not going to be awake at nine. So, <laughs> and I think I was like one eye open, like I need to write this email about this day and I need to go to sleep. And so I wrote the email and I said, let's try to meet in the morning. So we, we ended up meeting in the morning. So I think when you came home, I had just turned out the light or. I think you were talking, you were talking to Felix. Oh, I was. Okay. But you were, you were definitely going in the quiet zone because I had had this great time with Billy, like in his backyard, he had the twinkle lights up. It was just to sit across from here was also just like, I can't believe I'm hanging out in Billy Goodson's backyard with him. It's just wonderful. But then when I got there, I'm like, wait we're going our own ways tomorrow. Like it hadn't hit me that like, we weren't going to get up and go do another adventure that I was continuing up the coast and you were, you were going to go see a friend and head home. It was this weird, like, okay, bye. This was fun. But it was like, kind of hit me emotional because it really was, I have to say you were a wonderful person to drive with. I mean, the the driving was really fun, but also just to do this with somebody else. Cause I mean, I thought I was going to go by myself. I'm like, no, but it just like, no, this was how it was supposed to be. And you were just, we had good laughs. We, we had deep talks. It was like, it was, it was wonderful. So I want to thank you for, for making it so special. Cause when then I was like, I'm bye. It was like, I got sad. So that's a sad, sad thing. Cause I was thinking like, sometimes when I'm with somebody too long, I'm like, 
okay, we we're done. But uh, yeah, I just felt like I think the timing was like we were both kind of tired. I had to like take four days to get up the coast, but it mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. this part this part of our, our adventure is done. We're going our own ways again. That that did occur to me when I was making those plans. I was like, fuck, if I go, if I leave at six a.m. or six thirty, whatever time, I think I was supposed to leave at six thirty to take the bus to the. Oh yeah. Thing. If I leave at six thirty, I'm not going to see her. And then you walked in. And I was like, oh, thank God. And then, then it just, it was, it was weird. It felt like almost, um, not counterproductive, but, um, what's the word? Anti- anticlimactic. <laughs> anticlimactic. <laughs> See, you knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> it totally felt anticlimactic. You're like, I guess we're going to not see each other tomorrow. And I was like, I feel like I should cry. Right. Like, yeah. It's like together that. for like six days. Intense six days. I was too. just so tired. I just yeah. was like, numb. Yeah. But it was, I was like, holy shit. I don't, I don't have my friend with me anymore. Mm. (laughs) I felt the next day. And then, then you woke up at some weird hour. Um, I thought I was supposed to meet Pamela Payton that I said nine 30. She said, okay, see you at eight 30. So then I go, maybe it's eight 30. She had met nine 30, but wrote eight 30. So I got up earlier to find where I was going in Culver city. So I got up a little bit earlier too. So it was kind of like, I thought you couldn't sleep or something. I you yeah you said you heard the podcast going. I'd woke up really oh that's right I'd woke up at like four in the morning and four heard that morning. number. Yeah, yeah, I woke up I think at five thirty or six and oh yeah it was five thirty, and then I had to pack everything again, and I mean it was I was mostly packed but then I was like okay I guess I'm gonna take the bus in Hollywood here because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do when you're by yourself traveling because I was like oh fuck I've I've had a cool car car buddy a car and a buddy for the last few days and now I have to take the bus <laughs> so I was I like know. I'm just gonna do as cheap as possible so I heard the podcast I wish I would have known you were awake I didn't want to peek in there otherwise that would have been probably better I was kind of going in and out of it just trying like I need to sleep because I got a long long drive because I went to Culver City and had a wonderful breakfast with Pamela Payton and that was so good and it was short because I had to meet Debbie DeCudro up in Oakland and it was longer than I thought. So that was another like six, seven hours of driving and then hung out, which I get, I'm sitting there with, you know, the vedette of the um, Moulin Rouge, Debbie DeCoudre, who I worked with in Hello Hollywood. I'm like, she's, and she was wonderful. It was just like, these are people that I would have been nervous to talk to back then probably. And then just to like, so gracious and have great conversation. And then she was another one of those people that said, keep doing what you're doing. This really matters. And so I'm like, okay. I felt like that, that trip was a lot of like encouragement and like, value and yeah. yeah and then I I took three days to go up the coast I didn't want to do like a 12-hour drive so I stopped at three different places and then had time on the beach and then stayed like an, it was like an Airbnb some Airbnb in someone's house that felt really weird there's a teenage boy going into the bathroom like okay I'm just gonna sit in my room till I leave in the morning and then I did a, a glamping it was like right off 101 all right it's like right off there you're in the woods and there was like a fancy camper and then an airstream and all they just probably did a hodgepodge of different things but it had electricity it had heat outdoor shower and bathroom but it was it was lovely and then I just got up in the morning because we both traveled with coolers just yeah. took my stuff with me at eight when Carmen and drove another eight hours and just took my time because I needed to process yeah. like it, it was hard to come home to have more busy things waiting for you to come home because you left things like okay I'm going to get back into that that routine I don't really want to go fully into so I want to slow down. And I just had a lot of time to really think about, 
you know, like what, what we experienced. And I listened to a couple of the episodes of people that I saw to hear their story or hear their story again, after meeting them in person, it felt even richer to know, like I sat with across having a meal for two hours with this person, you know, that yeah. it's different than on zoom. So it was, it made everything just feel a lot more personal. Yeah. Did you have, did you have time to process or did you just have to go full speed ahead when you got home? I allowed myself to have a day off, even though I was like, um, I have bills to pay. I have to make money. I have to make up for the money I spent on the trip. So there's been a lot of feelings and, and issues I've had <laughs> when I came back. And when I came back, I flew in, um, I, I met with, uh, Barbara Beverly, um, oh, yeah. who was the star of the Lido de Paris in, in Las Vegas. She was also, she, I didn't know she had danced in Paris as well. So that was, it was fun to learn, but, um, she's very shy. So, uh, we won't be getting her <laughs> on our, our podcasts probably ever. Um, she is just very shy and I totally, you know, totally respect that because it, it's been hard for me to even, you know, be in front of a microphone and speak like we had during our pre, uh, talk today. Yeah. Um, but coming home, I was like, I need to rest. So I came home late Monday night. I think I got home at like 11. I finally got to my bed by like midnight. And I was like, well, this is what I've been doing all week. <laughs> but I just let myself sleep in on Tuesday. And I just like laid around the house because I had, I had changed my, I'm glad I changed my trip because I had, hadn't um, planned to come back till Tuesday afternoon or evening. So I just let myself just lay around and I needed more time, but I had scheduled my first anniversary live stream three days after. Oh yeah. I was there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I had to be on, on Friday, even though I needed like a whole week to recover from everything that we experienced (laughs) because Mm -hmm. it was a lot. I mean, talk about it on our, our, um, special episode. Um, those two, very special experiences that we both got to experience on the trip. There was that to process too. And, um, kind of some grieving, some grieving that I've, I'm still unraveling and it's been almost a month now as we're recording this. So I don't know, you want to do it again? Let's do it again. (laughs) I do want to do it again. I do. And I'd want to see all the same people and plus more. So how would that work? Because now that I feel like the people that we connected with, I'd want to see again, because now I feel even more connected and there's people that just couldn't because of schedule stuff. So that's going to be tricky. We need to do like a bake sale or a car wash, help, help Athena and Sherry get to Vegas. Um, Kickstarter, fundraiser. Kickstarter. Yeah. help them get back to their, their yeah. life, their soul. And I, yeah, I did set up a, a donations page for myself for just running the podcast this year. And it's a year's goal. And I was going to set up another page for saving for the next showgirls road trip. Cause I think we should do it like every year, as long as we yeah. can. <laughs> yeah. And then if people, now they know what they're really going to be like, Oh, t- cause I felt like for me, like getting just to, to show like Karen's costumes and some of the places, like even walk around the hotel of just like these, some of these dancers never got to go back. They didn't go to reunion. They haven't set foot in the yep. hotel or, and so just to say, you, you can't be here physically, but this is also a gift for you to get to like exactly. see the showgirl museum and get to see these things that, you know, like if I, if it was all in Paris and I never got to go to Paris, I'd like, Oh, lucky for you that you got to see it. But I, right. I get to go tag along for the trip through the videos and the photos and the podcast yeah. interviews and yeah, bring bring along the whole, whole bunch of people with us. Yeah. We'll have to have a, a team of 
people to record. Yeah. <laughs> or to handle the tech stuff because we were doing it ourselves. We'll have to have, um, I think it, it, it could be like a mini reunion of sorts and just have like a group meeting on one day or something. Yeah. Um, that way more people could meet instead of just meeting us and do one-on-ones, which I am, I'm an introvert. So I love one-on-one connection anyway. Um, and I'll be selfish in that way, <laughs> but there's only so much time in the day. And yeah. you know, when you're on a road trip, any kind of trip, there's only so much time. Like when we went, we're in Paris, that reunion was amazing. And I wish I would have talked to more people, but there just yeah. wasn't time. There wasn't time. Yeah. So and I think the timing too, is to be like, people have been in lockdown and now people are free. So people are like, we're just starting to get to be social again and people are now back to being crazy busy again. So trying to do both those, like we're going to meet in person outside, inside mask, no mask, vaccinated, not vaccinated. And then like also people are, are now working and now they couldn't get together. So that was a, it was a tricky timing thing of now life is going back. We were lucky to get a lot of the interviews we did because of COVID. Yeah. So had some the, time. Yeah. One of the dressers was saying that she says her social calendars, <laughs> fuller than ever and I'm like holy crap I didn't think about that like that's one of the products of the pandemic that we've you know just experienced and we're all coming out of it like in this days but we're like okay let's get back let's let's connect let's feel what it feels like to be human and yeah connect again so Mm. I mean it was it was a fun experience (laughs) yeah I think that's what I think of feeling human just being in people's presence and laughing and talking and sharing memories and eating food together was, was wonderful. So I don't know how long we went for this. I don't, was that 12 hours we just did? That was like four. Oh, it doesn't say how long we've been recording. I think we started about seven ten. So it's been about an hour and 25, I think. So that was fun. I hope everyone liked it. I can cut some shit out because I got on my soapbox a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> well, people can like listen or like, I think if they're like, I'm interested in this part, but yeah, that's our adventure. And that's what it was. It was like a lot of intense stuff with a lot of good talk in between. Yeah. So I am, I am honored to know you. Yeah. And it's like, it made it really fun. Cause I've been, I listened to every one of your episodes and I don't want you to feel like you have to reciprocate that. Cause I, you got a lot more to catch up on mine, <laughs> but it was fun to listen to your interviews after spending, you know, five, six days with you to like hear the interviews of things that were, that came out after you had told me who you're talking to. So it made it really even more personal to hear, yeah. to hear the, to hear what you do and then to get there for that one year anniversary and celebrate. Cause like, this is, it's, wonderful and it's a passion but it's not easy and so it's it was good to get to like how does this work for you or you know so it was really yeah. good to to like to share things at work or, or struggles or yeah yeah because running a podcast people don't know it it's free content it's free and people don't understand how much money and time goes into making an episode or even a whole you know series it's it's a lot of work and so like hearing what you know your struggles and then me being able to share mine and and we are both doing different things like mm-hmm. that was one of the things about the trip that i had hoped to get more attention on both of our shows yeah um it didn't happen or at least it didn't it did, doesn't seem like it happened yet So I, I'm, I was hoping for a little bit more like all of a sudden, oh my God, these, there's these showgirl podcasts. You got to go check them out. And it didn't happen. So that was a little, that was one of the things I'm still unraveling. It's just like, kind of, kind of a bummer, even though I got to, you know, meet some 
people I've been wanting to meet for a long time and then see people I haven't seen for a really long time and reconnect. And there's some beautiful things that we experienced, but there's still, there's, you know, like we, we talked about, we had our deep discussions about healing and energy and, and the layers and all of the layers. Mm -hmm. And it just, it's, it's been really good. It was good. It was good to connect with you too. And just have a kindred performer spirit that even though our age difference is, is that much it, I don't know. I feel like we could have been in the show together. Yeah. That's, that's like everybody like me. I know it's not mathematically possible, but I'm pretty sure we all did the show at the exact same time. Oh yeah. We're all the same age at the same time. Yep. Um, yeah, that was fabulous. I had something really deep to say, but it fell out of my head. So that's okay. <laughs> the brain just Sorry. went, no, 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 no. That's it's just like how like words, like I had to look at somebody's name before I said, it, I was afraid I was going to forget a name and yeah, it's a, the brain is a little scrambled. So thank you for doing this. So just to get to reconnect, but also it just made the memories like to piece it together. Cause we did the same thing, but have different, you know, like, Oh yeah, this part. Oh yeah. And we did do some of the things separate and we did some together. So that was great. So the next, the next, let's do it again. And we'll bring, we'll have a charcuterie board and we'll just um, do it, do it with a couple coolers. <laughs> we're gonna, Yeah. We're going to have a couple coolers mm-hmm. and we'll plan ahead and <laughs> more so than we did because we started in April and we went in June. So then we can like really publicize it. I think that will be cool. Let's get, let's get on a morning show in Vegas next time or Reno. Yeah. Anybody listening. If you have connections, people have connections. Okay. Athena, I adore you. We hope that you enjoyed this recap of the showgirl road trip with Sherry Lewis and Athena Pataxel. We did mention that there are ways that you can support both of our podcasts just to help with the cost of doing this and also get a lot of fun perks. So for Athena's, you can go to showgirl.life and she has some fun sparkles and extras on hers that you can pledge monthly and donate to her. And then I have a Patreon page, which is patreon backslash bluebellsforeverpod. And I have lots of options on there that you can just give $5 a month, which just helps with the cost. There's a $10, $20, and a $50 option And those, you get some really fun perks like the happy hour with Anne Green and myself where we wear fancy hats. There's many videos that will come out where we're just talking about different showbiz things while we drink wine. And there's a circle back series where there is a part two of interviews that I have done earlier on in the year coming back for part two and hearing more of their story and what they're up to now. And there's also an ongoing series with uh, Showgirl in Training with Hannah Mooney, who is one of my students. And we are preparing to get her ready for auditions in Paris and hopefully beyond. So it's her adventure. Each month there's little installments of what it's like to get ready and some helpful tools for how to actually get into this business in a time where it's not as obvious and easy. So thank you for listening.